0: Welcome to the Who's Your Ag Today, Friday morning podcast on the 23rd of February, 2024. I'm Andy Ubank CJ Miller, and Sabrina Halverson coming along with the news today as well. The Hat Podcast brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust, experienced banking built on heart, grit, and agriculture. FFBT.com for more and stop by your local branch to talk more. Coming up in the news, CJ previews an interesting event coming in early March with a great Indiana panel discussion and how to label fake meat. Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin has a brief period of cooler air and the corn and bean markets again lower yesterday. Mike Silver analyzes on the Hoosier Ag Today Friday podcast.
1: At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we know that when agriculture thrives, we all do. It's the heart and grit of our agricultural communities that keep the crops coming in and the livestock cared for day and night. That's why we build financial solutions around the needs and schedules of our ag clients. If you're looking for a financial partner that has over 135 years experience in understanding and supporting agriculture, we want to hear from you. Let's harvest success together. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC, equal opportunity lender. Making agriculture your life's work comes with challenges that can leave you feeling alone. I'm Bruce Kettler, President and CEO of the Agribusiness Council of Indiana. And when you're a member of ACI, you have agribusiness advocates in your corner, similar agribusiness members to network with, and opportunities for continued education. If your business serves Indiana agriculture, we need your perspective and hope you'll become a member of ACI. Visit inagribiz.org. The Agribusiness Council of Indiana, strengthening and connecting Indiana agribusiness. The challenge of labeling fake meat and an upcoming event in Shelbyville celebrating Indiana agriculture. I'm C.J. Miller, and this is Hoosier Ag Today, brought to you by McDonald's. As we honor the future of this National FFA Week, McDonald's of Greater Indiana salutes all farmers across the Hoosier State, and what the Golden Arches do would not be possible without the support of Indiana farmers. By now, we've all heard of fake meat, lab meat, cell cultured meat, whatever you want to call it, it's out there but the question now is how to label the product once it hits your grocery store shelves. Sabrina Halverson has more.
2: At last week's USDA Agriculture Outlook Forum session on cell-cultured meat, an audience member asked the question of how far will labeling go? Will labels say not only cell-cultured, but also if the original animal the cells came from was grass-fed or free-range?
3: Are we looking at a future where you're going to have to have a cultured label and a conventional label? And also, are we looking at a point where you may have cells taking from grass-fed cattle that then can be labeled as
1: a grass-fed, cell-cultured uh, product or a range-free chicken or
3: something along those lines.
2: The answers? Here's Speaker William Holman, professor at the School of Environmental and Biological Sciences at Rutgers University.
1: So I think it's a really interesting question. Grass-fed and free-range would be how they're raised. I have questions about Angus and Kobe, and I don't have an answer to that. I'm going to look to USDA to figure that out.
2: And Speaker Brian Ronholm, Director of Food Policy at Consumer reports. You
1: know, it depends, you know, from a company's marketing standpoint, whether they want to go in that direction. But from a consumer standpoint, it would seem to be misleading. Like, sure, you're using cells from an animal that was grass fed or free range, what have you. But ultimately, the final product is cultivated in a lab environment.
2: Read more at today.com. I'm Sabrina Halverson.
1: We're now less than two weeks away from an event that celebrates Indiana's farm community. It's very important that we not only recognize agriculture and its importance in the community, but then also the leadership positions that it takes. And that's Scott Gabbard, County Extension Director and Ag Educator with Purdue Extension Shelby County. The Taste of Shelby County Agriculture event is set for Wednesday, March the 6th, It's going to be at Horseshoe Racing and Casino in Shelbyville beginning at 530. And this year's event will feature an Indiana Agriculture All-Star panel moderated by yours truly, as we discuss Indiana ag policy, planting, pricing, and other topics impacting farmers and ag businesses. We have uh, Courtney Kingery, who is the CEO of uh, Indiana Corn and Soybean Checkoffs. We have Don Lamb, the director of ISDA, as well as Kendall Culp, who is a state representative and also the vice president for Indiana Farm Bureau. Also part of the Indiana Ag All-Star Panel, Bruce Kettler, He's the president and CEO of the Agribusiness Council of Indiana, Dr. Michael Langemeyer, Purdue Ag Econ professor and associate director of the Purdue Center for Commercial Agriculture, and Mike Silver with Kokomo Grain. The audience will have the chance to ask questions of the panel during the event which also serves as a fundraiser for Shelby County Ag Promotion. And that it supports 4-H programs, it supports uh, Purdue Extension programming, it uh, supports all five of our FFA programs and the uh, schools. And then beyond that, they have uh, two renewable scholarships that they have for kids. Sponsorship opportunities and tickets are still available for this event. And you can find more information at our website, HoosierAgToday.com, and the Hoosier Ag Today mobile app, it's a free download for iPhone and Android. I'm CJ Miller. Who's your ag today? Indiana's Farm Network. Farm Credit
2: America believes that your crop insurance should be maximized to address what's important to you. With their data-optimized decision tool, you can build a policy custom-fit to your operation's goals. Using your past production data, their tool, which they have exclusive access to in their territory, maps out future events, helping you choose the perfect policy time, coverage level, and options for you, all guided by their crop insurance agents. To learn more, visit fcma.com crop-insurance. Farm Credit Mid-America is an equal opportunity provider. The High Ground Podcast. Everything from energy and fuels. Memorial Day weekend, going to be 87 to 89, maybe low 90s all weekend, so we thought we'd bring Scott Heine in. So we we'll talk about home heat (laughs) (laughs) to agriculture anytime we can help a farmer grow their business and
1: meet their goals that's a proud moment for me and well other things for some reason like and subscribe we don't know why but that's important
2: we want you to do it on your own but we're gonna tell you (laughs)
1: listen now on all platforms
2: I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin of Hoosier today's Indiana Farm forecast as we take a look at the setup here across the eastern Corn Belt. Tell you what, we've got some cooler air trying to come in for today and tomorrow. That frontal boundary that worked through yesterday wasn't exceptionally strong, but it is allowing some colder Canadian air to draw down. So we're chilly today, a little bit below normal tomorrow, but it is relatively short-lived. We start to see temperatures moderate on Sunday, and we're back to above normal levels for next week, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. However, we have a little bit of hit and miss moisture trying to pop up in Indiana on a 30 to 40% coverage, is all. And then with that, we are seeing it prime the pump for a strong front. For next Wednesday, this front has a massive temperature drop with it because of that temperature gradient, I'm expecting some very strong winds likely 20 to 40 miles an hour and this will have a lot of precipitation rain and thunderstorms ahead of the cold air anywhere from a quarter to one and a half inches across 100% of the Hoosier state and then behind the front after the temperature drop we see some moisture behind which means we could see this whole thing end as snow. I'm not going to talk about blizzard conditions or totals yet. way out to the middle of next week but just know this is not a front to be messed with it's going to bring multiple seasons in the span of a few hours bitter cold air in behind it for the thursday friday time frame you want to know how cold let me point you to north dakota we were working on a forecast up there and we're looking at eastern north dakota they're going to go from the mid 40s on tuesday to the upper teens on Wednesday, to the single digits for highs next to Thursday. So that kind of tells you the kind of air mass that we're going to be dealing with trying to push down here. Now, are we talking single digits? No, we're not talking single digits here. But we are talking a significant drop from where temperatures are before that front comes through. Here's the thing. It, once again, only lasts about two days before Mother Nature says, no, my bad. Uh, We're back to warming you up. So next uh, Friday, the 1st, we may start to see temperatures moderate a little bit. But the 2nd and 3rd, I'm looking for us to bounce back to above normal levels. And we're looking sunny, mild, and dry for most of that first full week of March then. I'm looking at a map of the country, and there's not a front, not an area of low pressure, not a disturbance anywhere as we start off that week. I think we're going to be rather dry. To start off March, the moisture that we receive in late February notwithstanding. That's a look at your forecast update. Have a great rest of your day. Stay warm. I'm Ryan Martin. A sell-off in corn and
0: soybeans as the liquidation continues. This is Who's Your Ag Today. I'm Andy Eubank with the Thursday Farm Market Review. We'll have settlements momentarily. First market analysis to find out what happened during the trading day. I checked in with Mike Silver at the end of the session. Mike is with Kokomo Green. Mike, it remains ugly in the futures market with corn and beans down and a brief rally in wheat. Nothing to get excited about there, though. We are struggling in these markets. New corn and soybean contract lows yet again today. So I guess we're wondering when does it all end, but for now, what's at play?
3: Well, our share of the global grain market right now is just not where it needs to be, Andy, and it's been that way, and it looks like it's going to continue that way. Um, there's, There's just a lot of corn and soybeans in the world, and the prospects for uh more another good crop this coming year uh at this point look pretty good uh, the outlook for them last week um did not help us in terms of uh although there was about a 3 million acre uh, estimate in a reduction uh of uh, corn acres uh, there was a 3 million acre increase for soybean planting in this next year so that was absolutely no help to us at all and and we have been down uh, ever since last thursday when that information came out in the outlook forum now it's a long time in one respect until we harvest the 24 crop which is yet to be planted but um, the next acreage information that we're going to have that could possibly help the market would be um, in the um, planting intentions report that will come out uh, at the end of March. Uh, but right now, Andy, we're just uh, the funds are extremely short, corn, soybeans, and wheat, especially the corn and soybean markets. And so far, uh, that position has rewarded them. Um, right now, going into the close here today, it looks like we've got Corn down about a nickel and beans are down a dozen, 12 cents right now in the nearby. And and wheat is holding its own right now, steady to up a penny. Uh, But uh, the farmer farmer grain movement right now, as you might expect, Andy, uh, is pretty slow. Uh, The only corn that's moving to town is that which needs to move to town. Uh, to generate some cash flow to pay some bills obviously and to uh, get the bins cord that may have uh, a little damage in it now uh, some of that corn was put away a little wetter than folks would like to have put it away and uh, that's coming to town but um, most farmers right now farmer movement is pretty slow uh, that has been, uh, has had an effect on basis. Uh, the basis for corn remains um, pretty steady. It's not stellar for for by any stretch of the imagination, and the soybean basis kind of the same story. Um, a week from today is first uh, is is well, it's February the 29th, and uh, that will be the last day that folks can price their corn and soybeans against March futures if they have basis contracts. So a lot of folks right now are hoping that this market finds some stability so that they can get some pricing of their basis corn done uh, without having to roll it uh, to the May futures price reference. Right now that spread is trading uh, 12.5 cents, meaning that the May futures are 12.5 cents higher than the March futures. Uh, there will be some people that will li- will liquidate some of their ownership uh, in the basis contracts before that first notice day. And, and some folks I've uh, talked to are going to uh, roll that out and try and buy a little more time for the market to work higher. But right now, Andy, it's, it's going to take a combination of, of good news items and uh, more export business for the United States uh, to get uh, some solid footing under uh, these futures prices. We're we're basically, in the spot contracts for corn and soybeans, we're basically at at, uh, three-year lows. Um, And uh, that has taken a lot of people by surprise, uh, a lot of disappointment in the market. But, uh, you know, uh, this isn't the first time that this has happened for folks who've been in the farming game for a long time. And uh, hopefully we'll get through it here. Uh, we know that farm income is going to be lower uh, than most folks would like, but there's still going to be some opportunity. Uh, and as we see some retracement, the upside by whatever catalyst causes it to happen, whether it's some new demand, whether it's some black swan positive event that causes the funds to want to get out of these extremely short positions that they've accumulated and uh start to buy into this market, uh, uh, we could see some recovery. Semper Paratus, always be prepared. Uh, that's, that's kind of the challenge that myself and my colleagues are having as we talk to folks is uh, to say that there's a lot of gloom and doom right now would be an understatement, Andy, but, you know, uh, we raised an awfully good crop this last year. Uh, that's part of the problem. Uh, supply and demand price, you know, it's, supply and demand is always going to come into effect. But we have a whole other growing season ahead of us. So I don't want folks to loo- lose optimism. Just uh, take a good hard look at your position now. Uh, look at your level of risk tolerance um, and do what you have to do. Um, that's the best advice I can give. And a lot of people are going to say, well, Mike, that's not very good advice. Um, but my crystal ball, right now, Andy isn't uh, as it isn't better than anyone else's. Let me put it that way. And most folks' crystal balls right now uh, have a lot of cloudiness in them. Now, on a positive side, we are getting some rain, so we're getting our soil moisture uh, profile back into uh, play here as we move uh, what eight weeks from planting. We got the month of March and April. Towards the end of mid-April, we ought to see some planters uh, in the field and and get this 24 crop in the ground. As far as the old crop is concerned, um, we just, uh, I hate to use the expression, we need to keep our fingers crossed and be prepared and just watch for some increased demand and We did get uh, some positive uh, numbers from the EIA today uh, as far as ethanol production last week was up, and our corn use for ethanol was up. But um, from a technical standpoint right now, until the funds want to reverse some of their positions, um, we're just going to, and I hate to use the word patience, but we're probably going to have to be a little more patient than we'd like to be and just... Be prepared for when something positive happens to move prices a little higher. Mike Silver, Kokomo Grain, and his number
0: there is 800-666-0613. Settlements now from Thursday Trade. March corn a Nickelower 406. May dips down to 418 and a half down 5 and 3 quarters, July and even Nickel Lower at 430 and 3 quarters, March beans 1146 and 3 quarters losing 13 cents, May contract goes to 1152 and a half, 12 and a half down, and March wheat goes back to unchanged 583 and a quarter, May up a penny and a quarter. The meats wound up mixed after trading higher early in the session. April live cattle 18655 down a dollar 15 and April lean hogs 8720 up a dollar 22. I I'm to Eubank with the Thursday market review. This is Who's Your Ag Today, Indiana's most listened to farm network.